Today is May the 12th, 2021. This is the Friendship News Hour presented to you by Bummer Dude Media. My name is Frank Huerta. I am joined, as always, by the bearded wonder, Alex Kenzie. Hello, Alex. Hello, Sal. How are you? I'm fantastic. I am uh, drinking my Gun Barrel coffee uh-huh. out of my Padres mug, who just took one or two on the doubleheader, feeling good. Nice. About that. Uh, and we're also joined today by a very special guest, my brother, Brian Duncan. What's going on? Mr. Duncan, what's happening? Not much. How you guys doing? Oh, great. Fantastic. Never better, really. Yeah, thanks for joining us, man. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, man, glad to have you on. Um, before we get to the news of the day, we must talk about what is powering our show today, and that would be Gun Barrel Coffee. Absolutely. Mr. Duncan, do you want to support veterans and first responders while drinking the world's smoothest coffee? Absolutely. Why not? <laughs> All right. Well, let me tell you some more, man. Our sponsor, our friends over at Gun Barrel Coffee, donate $1 from every item purchased to veterans and first responders and charities that support them. Uh, from their light blend to their double dark, their battleship roast, all their coffees are smooth without the acid or bitterness. I myself have been drinking the Moab brew, which has been delicious. Uh, they also have a CBD brew that I'm very interested in trying uh, very soon. So they offer 14 different blends and roasts. Uh, for which you can get them in whole bean, ground up, or in single-serve K-cups. Yeah, uh, so Sal, Michael, and uh, Brian started Gun Barrel Coffee in their uh, their homes. They home roast their coffee. Uh, Sal is a veteran of the U.S. Army. Michael and Sal joined the team as friends. And uh, like you said, they, they donate a portion of their proceeds to organizations to uh, who serve and uh, protect our rights and freedoms. So, um, great company and, uh, yeah, we love them. We love their coffee. I'm drinking the, uh, space force today. Um, it's labeled as a medium roast, but it's definitely, definitely a dark roast and it is fantastic. I am jacked. And you can get your hands on some right now. If you use code FNH 10 over at gunbarrelcoffee.com, it'll save you 10%. Definitely do so. Tell them we sent you Uh, gun barrel coffee. Damn good coffee, damn good cause. Back to the show. Okay, fellas, there's a lot to talk about today. Um, so much happening, and I feel like we should probably start in Israel. Yes. Um, I'm going to assume that, like myself, most of the people listening today uh, have a very limited knowledge on why this is a point of contention right now. Uh, in the in the here and now in the present and historically why has this been an issue so um, I think we should just take it back and give a very brief background very clear concise background of where this has come from where we started in this whole fight for Israel and particularly Jerusalem so about a thousand BC uh Israel is a Jewish state. Okay. 3000 years ago, it's a Jewish state. It has crossed hands. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven 10, 11 different times since then. Um, it has been held at some point by, uh, Jewish people, by Persian people, by Greeks, by Syrians, by Romans, by Muslims, by Christian crusaders by the Ottoman empire and by the British. So I'm not going to get into everything that happened 3000 years ago, but what I will start is in 1917 and that's the end of world war one and the British, uh, defeat the Ottoman empire and they have a mandate over where this land goes. And in 1947, after world war two, uh, under the United Nations partition plan, Jerusalem is declared an international city. That's just Jerusalem. And uh, Israel is now a Jewish state. And in 1948, there was a war that divided the city of Jerusalem between Jordan and Israel. 20 years later, in 1967, uh, there was something called the Six-Day War where Jerusalem was captured by Israelis in a show of force. And it would be the first time that Jerusalem was under Jewish rule in 2000, 3000 years. 
So that is where the modern history of this conflict starts. There was a war in 1967 and Israel took Jerusalem by force. And there has been disputes over this land ever since. So fast forward to present times and the argument for one side, if you're Palestinian is that your land has been stolen is in the, the argument from a Israeli Jewish standpoint is that that's been their land all along. And they've just had a thousand, 2000, 3000 year fight to get it back. So, um, the reason we're talking about it, obviously, is on Monday there was uh, rockets fired from the Gaza Strip into Israel, and uh, first in Jerusalem, and then other parts of Israel. And so far, 56 Palestinians have died, 14 children, seven Israelis have died, including one child. And this all kind of starts with a Supreme Court decision, the Israeli Supreme Court decision. Uh, on whether to uphold the eviction of Palestinian families from their homes in uh, a neighborhood called Sheikh Jarrah, right? So this decision hasn't come down yet. They're, they're still waiting for it, but there's a lot of tension as to what this outcome was going to be. And so there's infighting in, uh, in Jerusalem. And, and if you don't know about Jerusalem, there's major holy sites of three or four different religions inside this city. So there's a, a bunch of there's a bunch of tension because you have Jewish people, you have Muslims, you have Christians all in this one area, all trying to gain their sovereignty for their for their religions. And um, Hamas, who is the we'll call them the 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 might the force of Palestine, um, they're seen as uh, more or less a terrorist group by the United States and, and other uh, major players in the world. They, they classify them as such. Um, and they basically said, if you don't, if you, Israel, don't take your police out of the Alaska Moss by Monday, then you're going to face attacks. Well, they knew, they knew Israel wasn't going to do that. They knew they weren't going to pull their police. So um, it was basically them saying, hey, we're about to fire on you. And that's exactly what they did. So they fired rockets at Jerusalem and Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu basically was like, yeah, cross the red line. Sorry, there's going to be consequences for that. So after the rockets were fired into Israel, they intercepted the rockets as much as they could and then they fired back into Palestine. Uh, and like I said, killed 56 people, 14 kids. And uh, doesn't look like there's going to be a stop to this anytime soon. So hope that catches everybody up on what's happening. You can make your own decisions as to who's right and who's wrong. Uh, it's a very contentious issue that people hold uh, very close to their hearts. And there's a lot of emotion involved. So I know that um, this can be a tricky subject for a lot of us. Yeah, but I mean, at the end of the day, kids, innocent kids, children should not be dying for for this fight. Um, there's got to be a more diplomatic way to do this. Now, and I don't fully understand any of the politics going on over there at all. So it, I guess that, that could be a little belligerent of me to say. But at the end of the day, I don't. Kids should not be dying. People shouldn't be killed in their homes over these fights. In in my opinion, it's disheartening. Where some, where you know, I I don't think anybody believes that children should be in the crossfire of something like this. Um, but when you get into a gridlock where you have a militant group who says that they're not going to budge unless they start seeing some changes in the city of Jerusalem that they want to see. And you have the state of Israel saying, we're not going to respond to you firing rockets into our people. That's not how we, that's not how we negotiate. Um, right. You know, what, what you're saying is someone's got a budge, right? But who and why and how? Now, as I understand it, Israel is our ally, correct? That is correct. They are a very strategic, we'll call them an ally. They're more of a strategic okay. partner in the Middle East. Now, I believe we've funded or given them a lot of that equipment that we, they use. We, yes, we fund the shit out of the state of Israel. Yeah. And, well. you know, like I said, it's very strategic. 
we don't have an ally in that, in that part of the world. Like, like we do Israel. Um, they are by all, by all accounts are friendly. And so it helps to have that relationship in that part of the world. If it means that you fund it, then, you know, that's what we're going to do. But also you do see, you do see the bitter effects of, of, of a country like Israel doing what they see as defending their land against people who feel like they've stolen their land. Right. And so we will be indirectly implicated in that mess by way of giving them funds. And that is why I think it is such a contentious thing here domestically in the United States it's because our hand is in it and it's a hundred percent weighing down into the favor of the Israelis. And I think you don't have to look very far to see that there are some injustices there, regardless of your position on Israel. Yeah. And and as I understand it, Jerusalem is governed by or claimed as UN property, right? Territory like that. It isn't part of Israel. It isn't part of Palestine. It's, it's its own thing. Correct. To avert a lot of this fighting? Kind, kind of, kind of. Uh, the, the Trump presidency recognized Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. That was the first time since World War II that any, any one nation has been recognized as, I don't want to say owning, but essentially owning Jerusalem. It has been an international city since then. So the United States shift to officially recognize Jerusalem as the capital of Israel was a very big deal. It used to be Tel Aviv mm-hmm. and, oh, then, they, okay. and then it was Jerusalem. And that's a big deal because like I said, Jerusalem is a vitally important part of a lot of different religions, not just Jewish, Christian and Muslim. There's like, I think two or three others that, that recognize Jerusalem as a, as a holy site for, for their religion. So, um, yeah, man, that it, that muddied the waters a lot. That definitely, mm-hmm. that definitely made things a little bit more confusing from a, a global perspective, for sure. And also, what's so crazy about it too that you guys are talking about, like that area where like these bombings and stuff are happening, such like a small area. So like, you know, I was just reading as you guys were talking, like forty three percent of like the violence is against like women and children, basically, and you know. It's a lot, man. It's a lot. You know, um, I know we stick our nose in a lot of other countries' business and, like you said, funding and stuff like that. And rightfully so. Like you said, we have to be strategic on who we lot, who we're allies with and, you know, what we're stirring up as well. I think there's two sides to that. It's pretty crazy, though. I mean, I'm never a big advocate of violence on that scale, um, first and foremost. You know, I, I, you know, love our military. Um, I think that they what they do is great for, you know, uh, they're, they're, they're better men than me, you know, to go out there and fight for our country. And a lot of these countries don't have a choice, you know, because you imagine people just trying to show up on our turf, trying to take land that yeah. they thought was theirs at one point in time. And, you know, if you put your, yourself in those roles, it's it's, it's kind of eye opening, you know, uh, you know, hopefully it never happens. You know, I think that, uh, you know, like you guys are talking about the strategies as big as an important thing, but that's a lot of rockets to be shooting off on such a small area of people like what are they trying to do you know yeah, you can see it it's not you don't have to look very far on social media to see uh you know real life effects up close and personal of yeah. of, of, of what this can do i mean it's 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 an old old ancient place i mean al you and i know that's we're, we're reading the book sapiens right now and, and reviewing yeah. it for this podcast and that's where civilization more or less sprouted from so mm-hmm. it's about as old as human history gets and you can see in the development of it, it, that's, that's how it looks. So when you have a bunch of rockets flying into these structures, you, you know, can't handle anything like that. The destruction is so much more devastating and, you know, it's more or less random. You're firing into a city, so you don't know where that's going. If it's hitting a school, if it's hitting an apartment building with a bunch of different families. Um, And now we have that, in our palms. We can see that we can see the the consequences of all of these geopolitical soup that we're all involved in. And, um, 
Yeah, it is disheartening, man. It's very, very, very sad to see. Very expensive, too. Yeah, shit. (laughs) It's politics. (laughs) Take a moment to to appreciate the the giant defense system that Israel owns in the Iron Dome. Are you guys familiar with Mm -hmm. this? Are you hip to it all? I I, I saw a video yesterday that showed the the defense of this Iron Dome against rockets flying into Israel and... um, it's a it's a marvel of of, of modern military uh, achievement. Really, it's a, it's a mobile defense system that they can move pretty much anywhere in the country to to uh, you know wirelessly defend um, Israel from from attacks. It, it caught I think 156 <laughs> of like the 300 or so rockets that came into Israel. Um, but yeah, man, that was a giant project that was undertaken from the ground up. There was no precedent for Isra- the, the current Israeli defense system, missile defense system that they have. So they had to build that from the ground up. God knows how many billions of dollars that costs. And, you know, what price can you put on the defense of your country? Um, Israel certainly has no, no limit. I mean, they've, they've so much said they're going to empty their arsenal before they give up their land. So, um, so yeah, man, expensive is the right word, hundred <laughs> yeah. percent. A lot, a lot of money. And where it gets scary too, man, is is like you have, as I understand this, Russia is in support or allied with Palestine. So like, and we are with Israel. So it's like you. I think China is like kind of neutral, but like I would say we're probably the three world superpowers. You have like you have a potential situation where we could definitely get pulled into this. Uh, and it could it could escalate probably rather quickly. I would yeah. Think. Well, you know, Israel, yeah. you know, has shares borders with enemies, and they yeah. don't have you know any shortage of them in in the Middle Eastern part of the of the world. Uh, historically, Russia, if they're not conquering the Muslim people, they're allying with them. So historically, the ties are there with Russia. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it makes sense that they would back, you know, Syria or, and if Syria backs Palestine um, as an alliance against Israel, uh, one, one country that's get lost in this whole mix is Iran. Iran would love nothing than an excuse to just bomb the shit out of Israel. So that's another one that, that can get pulled yeah. into this mix as well. So um, I think the fear right now is just all out war in, in Israel. And it certainly doesn't seem like tensions are are calming and i'm reading here too like you know there's nowhere for them to go like you can't just like you said everything's bordered off and like you have you don't have like a lot of allies just in that space you know very small landlocked country so Mm -hmm. the idea of something like an iron dome makes sense uh Mm -hmm. for for a country like that um yeah yeah man it it doesn't look good it certainly does not look good outlook uh is not very positive (laughs) Not, Um, not at all while we're on the subject of very uh disparaging and non-positive news. Um, the, uh, we talked about this, we had a segment on inflation a couple of days ago. Um, and the market is starting to reflect the fears of inflation. They are, um, at some of the highest levels that we've seen them, um, in recent history. And, um, you know, one, one good, distinction to, to keep in mind as, as you try and navigate your, your way through these, uh, through these waters is that the market, the stock market and, and the prices thereof are not the economy. The economy is everything. So stock markets and markets like it are downstream from the economy. And if you have any investments right now, especially today, you've seen them take a, a pretty decent hit. And that is a response to the uh, inflation data that we're getting in day by day. Um, and what we talked about a couple of days ago seems to be the same story that the current administration is really uh, digging their heels in and saying that this is transitory inflation. This is inflation that we expect to see and they're not sounding any alarms. Uh, but the market is sounding alarms. So, um, 
yeah, I mean, like I said, if you had investments today, you saw them take a deep dive. And if you wondered why your investments aren't doing so well, it's because investors are fearing the worst of inflation. And another uh, <clears throat> very sad news. Um, <laughs> actually, you know what? It's actually turned a little positive. Uh, I wanted to just touch on the pipeline real quick. Um, the Colonial Pipeline actually restarted their operations uh, after they got attacked with ransomware. And I don't think we know... Do we know if they paid any money? I don't. I haven't heard. That, I don't know no. if they paid any money, um, but if they have, uh, it may or may not have worked because they just restarted operations today, uh, about two p.m. Eastern, five p.m. Excuse me, two p.m. Pacific, five p.m. Eastern, uh, yeah. and they can still they still expect about a week until they're up and running fully. So yeah, more cyber stuff. Right. Wasn't it based off of that? It was some, like there was like a cyber attack or something or people were stealing information. Well, yeah. The, so since we last talked about this story, there's been a cyber attack of the Buffalo Police Department. So Buffalo. Uh, it was a that. major police department um, that um, got um, hacked with ransomware and they were basically like, hey, oh, it was D.C. police. Yeah, D.C. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, <laughs> So they said that they wanted a certain amount of money or they were going to release private data. And I guess yeah. they weren't offered enough. I don't even know why, why the hell are we even, why are we negotiating? That doesn't make sense to me, but they released, they ended up releasing uh, information on 22 DC police officers. Now that may or may not sound like a big deal to you, but there are plenty of people who would love to have the personal information of 22 police officers in the DC area. And that is no mistake. Uh, that can be a very, that can be used very maliciously. Um, so now it's our utilities and our, uh, municipalities, Mm -hmm. police officers. I mean, what better threat do you want for ransom than a police officer right now? Yeah, and and you think DC and like you think the Capitol, you think all these monuments, nice. You step outside of that uh, that area, DC drops off a cliff real quick, man. Their crime rates are super high, so I can only imagine like those police officers all got to be in fear yeah, of their lives right now. You know, they they got their social security numbers, their uh, birthdays, um, psychological assessments, mm-hmm. driver's licenses, fingerprints. Mm-hmm polygraph tests, wow. residential information, financial information, marriage history. Um, yep. So it's not just saying, hey, this is this guy and he lives here. No, I mean, this is anything you'd ever want to know on this person. And they mm-hmm. had it and they released it. So yeah, man, it's scary, dangerous. scary, yeah. dangerous, not fun at all. Really, really concerning. That seems to be the theme right now. So can I throw one more at you? <laughs> Please, yes, let's do it. Some more news came out today. Um, and I kind of want to just preface this. It is my belief that a the two-party system is slowly but surely starting to destroy our country. I think we are starting, and maybe have been for a long time, not been able to advance because of it. Things are so divided, especially now, and it seems like every you're this or you're that. There's no in between. One thing gets done, then it gets undone by the next administration or next new Senate. It's a problem. I really think it's a big problem that I would love to like really dive into on a future episode. But today it was announced that House Republican Liz Cheney, daughter of our former vice president, Dick Cheney, has been removed from, I guess it'd be like the leadership council of the GOP. So like your head Republicans. I think she was third in command, as I understand it. And she has been removed from that position as a result of... And this is from GOP AIDS. This was an effort by the party to extinguish the most visible fight over former President Donald Trump and his role in the party's future. She publicly has announced for a long time now uh, that basically she thinks that the way that the president has handled all of this post-election hoopla, I guess you want to call it, whatever you want to call it, all this, this news, this misinformation that's out there about a stolen election, and she's saying that it's it's destroying our democracy, which I think she, she makes a really good point. Uh, but as a result of that, we are seeing now that the Republican Party is now the party of Donald Trump. It, it is not 
a party necessarily that is, in my opinion, standing like on its morals or, or what it was founded in. It is, it is, they're going with the candidate who they think has the best chance to win the next presidency, not necessarily who may be the most, the best fit for the job, uh, you know, or anyone that acts remotely presidential. So today she was removed. There, there will be a vote in the, in the coming uh, days and weeks to choose uh, who will fill the seat. Uh, she's advocated very strongly that she's going to continue this fight and try to assure that he's never in the Oval Office again. Um, and, and whether you like him or not, like, you, you know, everyone's entitled to their opinion for sure. But I think it's really, really scary to see the influence that this guy is having on this party as a whole. And I think it, like I'm saying with this two party system, I think without a doubt that if that is the best choice for the next Republican uh, delegate, that we're in some serious trouble because our last choices have been Hillary Clinton, Joe Biden, Donald Trump. And that can't, that is getting our country nowhere. And it's just resulting in more and more divisiveness. I'm not saying I know the guy or, or girl who is, is the person to fill that seat, but there's got to be other options. We have to come up with a system where we're voting for the best person and not the party because these party politics destroy any real change from happening. And it's just a, it's a pissing match between who has more power. It seems like it just goes back and forth. And, and I think we're really, really in some trouble in the future if this two-party system remains. Yeah, if I can quote uh, Miss Cheney, we cannot let the former president drag us backward and make us complicit in his efforts to unravel our democracy. If you want leaders who will enable and spread his destructive lies, I am not your person. You have plenty others to choose from. That will be their legacy. And it turns out uh, that they're more than happy to allow that to be their legacy. So uh, if there was any doubt before today that the Republican Party was the party of Trump, um, they have solidified that in their efforts going forward. Uh, you know, good, bad, or otherwise, um, strategically, I think this is probably the only move they had. Um, they really didn't, uh, they didn't fare well with people who went against, uh, Trumpisms and, uh, they've shown that their best chance of winning anything uh, particularly the majority in, in 2022 uh, is to go by the way of Trump and to go with uh, populist ideas. So uh, I'm sure there's a plenty of people inside that party who are not stoked about it. Um, but I think that they see the writing on the wall and they recognize very clearly that their chance of success going forward is to go this way. Um, so we'll see how it how it pans out. Um, but you know, I you know I'll agree with you, Al. There's not a whole lot of good that comes from the two party rigid system. Um, but the way that powers consolidate at the moment, I don't know how. Unless you're somebody like Donald Trump and you break off from the established party and do it on your own. How do you get elected? There's almost no path. There's almost no way that you could raise enough money and fight as many people as you would have to fight in order to make that happen. But that's the problem. It's not based on your actual policies. It's based on like what party you ally with and who you take money from. And that is what dictates all these policies that are fucking our whole country up. True. You know, with Trump, one thing I'll say about him is it was about policy and he was a very policy driven president Sure, and you could disagree or, or, or agree with his policies, but that man had the power to act and he did and he acted swiftly. And when he did it, it was the policy that drove people absolutely bananas. And, um, yeah, well, I'll agree with you that the two-party system surely is is not is not in the best interest of anybody right now, or at the very least, it's not as good as we could do. Um, you know, as it is today, as it stands, um, I think where people like you and I can get in the mix and really try and make a difference is holding the people accountable who report and tell the stories on what is going on to yeah. tell the truth. 
Because if we had people who were able to tell the truth on a consistent basis to all of the American people, then we would be so much better equipped to make decisions on who and who we do not want in power based on policy. Sure, but even Tuesday... And on Donald Trump's platform from the desk of Donald J. Trump, he's still saying the election was stolen. He is spreading misinformation. He's lying to the American people, man. All these cases have been thrown out. And uh, Republican Adam Kissinger came out from Illinois. He said the message it sends is if you tell the truth and you make it uncomfortable for people, you might lose your position. And that's exactly yeah. what's happening to her. She's calling this dude on his bullshit, call, like saying he li he's lying. This is not true. He's just trying to do what he does best and fire people up. He's very good at it. And it, but like the head of this guy, this guy who was our president is a lie. He's lying in this scenario, man. That's not good for the country. No, it certainly is not. Um, and, and he's not the only one saying it. Now I'm not going to remember his name. Uh, a, a very, uh, very prominent Republican. Um, New Gingrich. That's who it was. Yeah, no, I agree with it. The, the, the language is not good and it's certainly incendiary. Yeah. I know I was gonna say I think anything anytime you have a following and you talk about, you know, a two party system, no matter you're talking about politics or you're talking about, you know, race or religion or anything, you know, you always get that like this side has to be right, this side has to be wrong, you know, and you're forced to pick a side. Yeah. And like to me it's all pretty silly. Um, you know, she stuck her neck out there. She put her whole reputation on the line to use a platform to kind of undermine something like there's a lot of, I feel like there's a lot of truth. There's a lot of value in that, but these people lie all the time. You know what I mean? And like, I think that's the crazy thing about it is like as American people, like, like you were saying, Frank, it'd be lovely to have somebody tell the truth for once and actually, you know, back that somehow. Right. But, there's so many things that happen behind the scene that we don't see as people that by the time it gets to us, the general population, we're getting fed information and we're already like, like uh, hyped up. Right. We're already like, Oh yeah, Trump 2020, we're, you know, Trump, you know, we're already like hyped up on something else. So it's like, yeah, you know, you can criticize the politicians and stuff and like these lawmakers that try to put stuff into play. And it's like, I don't really see any end to it ever. You know what I'm saying? And like the media just sensationalizes everything up to the same thing with the media. Like you got to pick Fox or CNN or, you know, MSNBC, like you, you're, yeah. you're forced into these channels uh, essentially based off of what you watch and, you know, what you want to believe in. And then nobody's going to want to be the proud person to say, you know, I was so wrong. I would never support this man. You know, I mean, nobody wants to say that. But I feel like after he got out of office, there was a lot of Republicans changing their tune about the way he kind of ran things more or less. So I agree with what you're saying. I think he did act very swift on things. Um, and that could be, again, both positive and negative, depending on what, what truth you start believing in. Um, and that's the thing, you know, yeah. two sides of every story. But, you know, the truth's got to come out at some point in time, you know. Yeah. What I thought was really interesting about the story about Liz Cheney was that before the, before the election, I was very confident that if Trump lost, um, people would just throw him by the wayside. Hell no. Nobody really gave a shit about Donald Trump. <laughs> I mean, not really, right? Like he was in power, so you kind of had to care who he was and what he did. A lot of people give a shit about Donald Trump. I'm talking about, about I'm talking about people in power. I'm talking about yeah. people in Congress and, and, and to, to oh, where it okay. matters, right? Where it's like, you know, yeah. I, I don't know that he made a ton of friends in Washington. No. And he, that's not no. that's not what his job was either. <laughs> but I, I was very confident that if he would have lost, people would have been like, I don't give a shit about this guy anyway. I was just, you know, I'm writing the wave of yeah. him because that's what I had to do. But I mean, this guy's a piece of shit. He's an extraordinary moron, obviously. So the fact that they're backing him shows that, you know, I, I, I think that they're they are for once listening to their constituents very closely and realizing that this is the path forward to success for them. There is, you would have to reinvent the party or, you know, who else, who else ever has generated the, the amount of um, excitement for, for, for voting for one candidate than Trump, you know? Sure. But who's divided us more than what candidate has divided our country more? And what president, I should say, not even candidate, what president has further divided our country more? Yeah. 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 You know, like, it, it, yes, he's their best chance to winning, but is he like, 
really the best person that they could do, like put into that position that's going to be a good leader and not just win the election so that they win this pitching match? Like that's that's kind of what I'm saying. Like it just seems like it is all just. I mean, and this isn't news. It's just all about power. They're going for who's in fucking charge, and it's not like, hey, let's benefit the American people and put a good leader in there. Well, yeah, but how do you? You can't listen. There are good. There are good leaders who can't get elected to to the presidency. And that, that falls yeah. on us. That falls on you, me, and everybody else that, that pays attention to this shit. You know, to, to be quite honest yeah. with you, the office of the presidency was not meant to be taken this seriously ever. <laughs> ever. True, it was yeah. not designed for this at all. So, you know, we share a little bit of blame of that, how much we actually care about things that are not in our control. And I, I think... I think it's interesting that, you know, we allow for such emotionally charged reactions to things. That's why when you said, like, what president has divided us most? Well, you know, you can make the case for Trump, and it's probably a very strong case. I think more or less that man just kind of put a mirror up to the, to the rest of the country, and we hated what we saw, so we ate each other alive. That's kind of how I see it. And I don't yeah. want to take any blame for, for, for how much of an asshole he was because you, know, you can't understate that more. But I think the blame falls a little bit more on us than it does on any one person or politician. Hard to say. I think it falls. Yeah, it is hard to say. I think it falls on the two-party system. You're given, you've got this cha- choice or this choice, and then you're just then they, you're choosing the lesser of two evils. And then which, they, and also, Ali try to throw like, that Green Party in every year. You know what I mean? They try to entice you with somebody who's going to like vote for cannabis <laughs> rights. You know what I mean? They George try to, Jorgensen. Like, yeah, they try to make some like, yeah. progressive person stand out, and they just get absolutely mauled over. And it's like, why even waste the votes? You know, like, and that's the thing. I guess when you talk about democracy, like, yeah, we have the right to vote and again fought very hard to get to that stage and i feel like we have two yeah. people blessed of the two evil every year it's been feeling like and it's been that way historically if you ask me and we're all pretty yeah. young so we can't really talk for you know the reagans and the nixons and stuff but they weren't the best people either you know mm-hmm. they've put stuff in place that still affect us today and people don't talk about that stuff because like you said frank it is our fault we don't go back and research history enough to understand what went down, when and how, and all the other stuff that was going on behind the scenes that we quite frankly weren't in the know about. We were just told to go out and work, go to college, support the economy, spend money. And we've had history to show for the rest of that. You know what I'm saying? It's not like, you know, I don't really look too deep into this stuff because I got to go and do what I got to do for my family. And yes, there's things that affect me on the political scale of Republican versus Democrat, but at the end of the day, I don't really put a lot of energy into it as much as I used to. You know what I mean? Um, and, and it's hard to choose. Um, it's, there's been years where I'm like, I don't even want to vote, <laughs> you know? Yeah, man. It's hard to find yeah. people who are like, yeah, I'm a proud Democrat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, or I'm a proud Republican. Like, no, you're not, dude. You're not proud the to be a Republican. That are you might crazy. vote along those lines. <laughs> the ones that yeah, exactly. Are the people nice. you should listen to. <laughs> I'm these. like, dude. Yes, 100%. <laughs> Anybody who says that they are proud to be a part of one party or another, yeah. I think more... The, the the people who are more like in tune with what one party does policy wise and 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 the other hate the party that they vote in line with. I think that they reject in mass the the disgusting swampiness that is the two party system. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's a trick, right? How do you fi- how do you fix it? How do you change it? How do you how do you move forward with anything else? You know, it has to be to me. It so it has to be something like a like a Trump movement or something equivalent to that where you can migrate enough people away from voting along one line because if you take the votes, you take the money and you take whatever power that that one party had. So it's going to take something like that or, I don't know, how do you yeah. nuke a party system? You yeah. know? Doesn't, I, I don't know. How do you do it? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, everything becomes a meme nowadays, you know, <laughs> so they, they get a lot of, again, sensationalism at its finest. You know, you could they could say one thing that doesn't sound right to somebody. And guess what? It's off to the press. Um, yeah. the, the stuff travels too quick. You can't. It, it's you, that's the only way to nuke it. They fuck up. I mean, <laughs> you know, um, 
and even then they still have people that support them. Uh, you know, people get invested in this stuff. This is a big game. Um, mm-hmm. People, they, they empty their wallets into these people's campaign and uh, fight for them to get so far. Bernie Sanders, I mean, look how long guy this old man's been around this politi- political arena his whole life. You know, still didn't get a shot at no seat. So it's bigger than... And how hard he's been screwed two elections in a row by his own party. Because he's not a uh, sit down, do what we say kind of exactly. guy. He stands by his word. They have yeah. a plan for some of these things. And like you start recognizing things, I feel like, not recognizing, but, you know, if you really pay attention to stuff, you can kind of not figure stuff out necessarily, but you have more of a, like an intuition. You know, they should they should have a, a candidate who doesn't want to <laughs> to be president. But wants people to vote for him for the for him or her for the mere fact that they're not voting for that two party system. Yeah. So like I am the fuck you vote, and if that's what you want to do this this go around, I'm your person. Now, I'm probably not going to win, but hopefully let's make it uncomfortable enough that people start paying attention to the fuck you vote. Ralph Nader, come back, baby. <laughs> Ralph Nader, <yes. laughs> oh Ralph. <laughs> Oh, Ralphie. Hey, uh, Duncan, are you, uh, are you vaccinated? No. Did you get the shot? No. You haven't yet? Uh-uh. No, haven't. Damn. Haven't at all. How does your, your health care <laughs> worker wife feel about that? Oh, man. We won't bring her into this, but, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, uh, and I'm not anti, I'm not an anti-vaxxer by any stretch of the means. You know, I believe in, you know, pieces of science and think that we've come a very long way. Uh, as a society, um, I think for everyone to rally to get together to do something like this is a big deal. Um, but just like we're talking about politically, where does it come from? You know, um, so that's always been my kind of thought process. You know, I've always been somebody, and you know this, Frank. You know, you probably do too, Al, just from you know our interactions and stuff. I question, I question everything. You know, that's important to me, and. <laughs> Vaccinations are fun um, because this one in particular, uh, to me, it feels forced, you know, and it's like if you don't have it, you can't go get a Krispy Kreme donut for free, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, and I'm, I, I know COVID's very real. So this is no knocks to anybody who's had COVID or had family that have died from it or have, you know, severe effects from it. You know, my heart goes out to everybody like that. Um but I also think that at the end of the day, we still have a choice as Americans. I think that's, you know, one of our God-given rights that we have. So, yeah, no, I'm not vaccinated. What about you guys? Yeah, yeah, we're both vaccinated. Yeah, yep. we both got it. Yeah, um, I will. I will just say I I did not want to get it. I was not forced to get it. It was my decision to get. But I was very much like you, Brian. Um, you know, one of the things we say on the show a lot is that it's important to hold two truths at once, right? Um, and like one truth is that this vaccine, as far as we know it, has more or less saved America from the ails of this pandemic and it getting any worse. And as a matter of fact, it turning course and getting better. Um, you know, some of the things that we know about it is that it, you are a hundred percent, the chances of you dying or going to the hospital after getting vaccinated for coronavirus is 0%, not one case. And the chances of you contracting the virus after you've gotten vaccinated are very low. So those are, those are two things that we know, the truths that we can hold in one hand. And on the other hand, the other truth is that it's a choice. And that throughout this whole pandemic, there has been very little room for personal choice. It's been a whole lot of do what I tell you, do this, when I tell you to do it and there's going to be very arbitrary reasons why none of it's going to make sense. And we've all played our part and we've all got along. We've not wanted to piss a lot of people off and we've given a lot of grace. And then finally this vaccine comes out. We have the data that shows who is the most susceptible to this disease. And we say, here is the vaccine. It is a modern day miracle. It is your choice to get And it seems as though if you take one choice of the choices to get or not get it, and the choice being not to get it, there is at the very least a stigma to that. Yeah. Right. You know, particularly if you're a young, healthy person 
as Brian Duncan is, I have no reason to believe that you're not. And I've lived with you. So unless anything's changed drastically, I know that you're a young, healthy person. And if you want to go to a Cleveland Indians game as a young, healthy person who's unvaccinated, you should have just as big a right as anybody in this country to go and do that based off of the facts that we know of the vaccine and the virus. Right. And I'll I'll also say like last year, maybe that wasn't the case because there wasn't a vaccine the people that you know were weak, you know, were at risk, at high risk for this, had no way to protect themselves. So the argument holds up. You know, you might not care, but you could go and infect someone, then infect someone else. Yada 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 yada. yada. It goes on. Now there is a very widespread vaccine that's very available for anyone that would need it or you know be scared and feel like they need to have it. Now the people that choose to not get it should not be vilified. They should be able to do whatever the hell they want. This is America. And, and we need to get back to how things used to be or, or the new version of what they are, because like you can't just keep all of this shut down with just this fear of, well, there could be variation. Da, 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 da. No, 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 no. We did what we needed to do. We followed all the rules. We are now at a part where anyone that wants it can get it. They're safe. We, it, it just, we're good. Like, I mean, it's not over, but like, yeah. it's not what it was last year. And I feel like some people still treat it that way in their heads. I was going to say, I'm all about protecting other people, too. Um, you know, you mentioned, you know, healthcare workers and things like that. Like, I think there's there's times and there's places for that where, you know, you need to be looking out for people and, and that kind of thing. I mean, statistics and numbers and stuff, too. I mean, again, we could say there's truth in a lot of them, but sometimes there's not. I mean, you, you the very point that you had brought up, too, Frank, is, you know, when you talk about cases being reported, um, just read an article um, actually before you asked me to, to be on the show about this, where the CDC is not reporting certain things after the people have been post vaccinated. So, you know, are we getting all the facts? Right. And these are coming from, you know, reputable news media outlets. You can look at the CDC. Um, you can go right there and you can, you can research and do your due diligence on your own time. Um, but it comes down to, you know, what's being reported, how it's being reported um, demographically. Right. What might work for me. Brian Dunk, it might not work for Frank Huerta or, or you know, Alex Kenzie. You know, our bodies respond different to different things. So I think to roll out three, four different vaccinations, right, between these different companies where they rally together, put this money together and try to do this worldwide effort, which again, there's no knocks to that. You know, science and medicine, they've been controlling everything. You know, um, you know, the president still needs a doctor at the end of the day, right? We put these, you know, medical people and scientists uh, on these different kind of pedestals to me. And this isn't me just going like conspiracy theory, hoo-ha, BS. I mean, you just have to question things like I was saying earlier, you know, and I don't think that it's wrong for people to get vaccinated. That would be silly to say. Um, but I also don't think it's right to vilify people who choose not to. And sure. I watched Biden go on and talk about, well, everybody's getting a shot. Everybody's getting the poke, you know, and like that doesn't make me rally around it anymore that I didn't feel like doing it before, you know? And it's not to say like, I'm lazy. I don't want to do, it. I don't care about other people, you know, F you, everybody else. That's not what I'm saying. Um, but I have a choice and my tendencies on why I do something versus why you do something will be completely different. It's the same reason people vote Democratic Republican, right? It all stems back to making decisions. And if your decision not to get the vaccination is your decision and you have your theories behind why that's perfectly fine. There's not enough research yeah. within a year to, to test something. And now people are getting booster shots. So the other point, too, you know, maybe people aren't going to the hospital as much uh, per se, but people could still get infected. I mean, again, it's just something that we don't know quite enough about to be so hasty to make people be enemies in this divide. You know, when we're supposed to be working together on figuring things out, take test groups and test subjects. If nobody's not vaccinated, how do we know how effective it is? I mean, there's a bunch of different things. You could play it both ways. Um, but that's my two cents on it, you know? Well, no, I think you hit the nail on the head, man. If you can agree that this vaccine, the rollout of however many vaccines there are, is as giant of a deal as it is, then you also need to consider the questions that come up and not delegitimize them uh, before... Uh, you jump down somebody's throat uh, on why they're asking questions. You, you know, any any reasonable question should not be met with, 
oh, that's just going to make people be fearful of taking the vaccine. Well, your job is not to control what people think. Yeah. And we, you know, where we're at, we have the ability to question anything, or at least we should, right? So a question came up, and this was, yeah, a lot of people are not a fan of this guy, and I, I, can, I can see why. But he did a segment on his show, Tucker Carlson, about the amount of people that died after taking the shot. Now, it, I'll be very clear up front, there's never been a causal link to people taking the shot and then dying thereof. But there is a, a, a government group, a system called Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System. And this tracks what happens to people after they've taken vaccines, not just this vaccine, but vaccines total. And the amount of people that have died after taking this COVID shot has been more than anybody taking a vaccine in the past 20 years. 4,300 something people have died. Now, again, there is no causal link to taking the shot and dying. But isn't that a question we want to have answered? Why are these people dying? Should we look into any links to ask why these people are dying? And when you have Norway, the country, the whole country, the, the Norwegian Institute of Public Health uh, advised its country's government to avoid the use of Johnson & Johnson and AstraZeneca COVID vaccines, citing serious side effects like blood clots, like we've seen. And they think that those blood clots have taken the lives of um, a multiple of their, of their countrymen. So it's their official recommendation that they don't take these, this particular vaccine. They're not saying don't take the vaccine. Their goal is to open the country and get people safe as quickly as possible, right? But if there's uncertainty about these things, then the question's need to be asked and they should be answered without fear of repara reparations, without fear of being um, labeled as an anti-vaxxer or somebody who's anti-science or, you know, whatever, whatever claws come out of, you know, somebody's paws when, when they hear things like this. Sure. But what I would say, just to kind of not even play devil's advocate, just a point to make there. Johnson and Johnson got shut down here in America for a few days because it was linked to blood clots. It was linked to blood clots and seven people out of like seven plus million people that got it. So like, yes, it, it happened that all seven of them were women. All seven of them were on birth control. So like there are other factors that could come in and play into some of this stuff where it's not just like, well, they're dying because they got the vaccine. Like there, there are other things. Blood clotting is a really common side effect of birth control. Like, so it could have been totally unrelated. It, it could have been related too. If you look at those odds, it's pretty damn good. The same way people, when, when COVID was going on last year, that were against all the precautions are saying, well, the numbers are in my favor. My percentage is still low to die. Like, you got to kind of look at it this way, too. Like, the percentage of people that have gotten the vaccine and are technically safe or very, a lot more safe than they would be, those numbers are way higher than the people that have been adversely affected from these vaccines as well, especially for a vaccine that was rushed through by Trump and others to get through and get our economy booming again. You know, for, for having very limited info, I, I would say that these people have saved our country in a way. Still, with the caveat that people should not be forced to get it. It's a personal decision. Yeah, the other thing, too, is can anybody tell me what's in the vaccine? <laughs> no idea. Yeah. Yeah, I have no idea. I'm going to tell you the first <laughs> ingredient. No clue. Yeah. People to put that in their arm and not know what's in it, right? Yeah. No, dude. A hundred percent. The ignorance of that is astounding. I mean, the same thing goes with the flu shot and all the other vaccines that we get. But I think that that should be something that we are in the tune of. Uh, no, just trust me because I'm a doctor. Scientist isn't good enough for me. Dude, I hate that. I hate the phrase mm -hmm. trust the science. It's like my least favorite phrase of all time. I mean, yeah. Well, it's not an institution. Science is not yeah. an institution. It is it is an ever moving, ever evolving thing. So like science is only true until it's not, or science is, you know, the, the basis of science is proving it wrong. Right. So it's just this yeah. entire snowball effect of what science is. And when you like trust the science, like, okay, yeah, like what we have so far and what we know so far is this, but there are still questions remain almost about everything. So, you know, to say that it's like 
going against science or whatever, that to me is my, like my least favorite thing to hear of all time because it's so lazy and it, and it puts blind trust. Like you said, we don't know what's in it. We trust the science, right? Like cool, fine. And most of us seem to be good, but we don't know anything about it. We have just blindly put our faith into a few people. And that is very, 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 very shocking. What I would say though, as far as the science goes, is, is that a majority of scientists in the entire world all are on board with the vaccine. Like, I don't think something would be as distributed as it is if a majority of the smartest people on our planet, I guess, I guess that's what you'd call it, like the scientists making these calls. I, maybe they're not IQ highest, but they're, they're the most in the know about what the hell this is. A majority of them around the world say like, this is a good thing. So like at the time in, in a little bit, you do got to trust the science a little bit. Like it should be more explained to the people, but like if a majority of scientists in the world are saying it's a safe thing and it's, it's for the greater good, I'm of the mind to, to trust that a little bit more than if it was like a 50, 50 issue. I would agree with that a hundred percent. And particularly when you're talking about like, like for example, the, the, um, the pile of data that we have on COVID right after a year or so many months of data that we can look at COVID, we can confidently say that you're probably good if you're under a certain age and you don't take this vaccine, you're probably good, right? And we can say that probably nothing bad is going to happen to you so far as we know if you take this vaccine. But again, it doesn't, it doesn't shut the door on questions. And, Absolutely, yeah. And that is that. I think that's the 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 my main takeaway is is you have to be able to hold the truth in one hand and also be able to question another truth in in the other hand and 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 reckon with that personally and not demonize or vilify anybody for wanting to do that. Yeah, I'm I'm interested to see as this maybe like a year from now, what and it might even happen sooner in a lot of places, but like. Colleges, schools, like, I guess, churches, airports, all these places, like, are they going to force people? I guess, like, private institutions can do whatever the hell they want, but, like, are they going to force people, if you want to go to X college, you have to be vaccinated, or you can choose to go elsewhere? Or will these institutions not take a stand and, you know, ride with the freedom that our country is is based on and and proceed that way? Yeah, dude, exactly. That's, I, mean, I think that's sums up perfectly kind of how we started this whole discussion is that if you're, um, if you can trust so much into this vaccine and what it does and accept it as the, the, the modern day medical miracle that it is, then you should also be able to accept the fact that if the people, particularly in this country, that need that vaccine have gotten that vaccine, then this virus is far less risky of a proposition than it used to be. And something like requiring a vaccine, uh, proof of a vaccine, sort of becomes a power play Mm. more than it becomes a safety, like a safety procedure, right? Because then if you really wanted to use that as use the risk of COVID as a rationale for making that happen, well, then you could go down any number of dozens or hundreds of avenues, which, which where we assume risk every single day, but we're not required to show our resistance against that risk before we do something. You know what I'm saying? It, to me, right. to me, oh, it yeah. almost, you're almost blurring the lines between public safety and, and pure, like, you know, like, I don't want to use the word totalitarianism. That's, that's a bit of a hyperbole, but you know, forcing people to do that seems a bit odd to me. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of valid points that you both make. I mean, and again, I trust science. I mean, hell, I mean, it's, it's been there. It's modern medicine. And, you know, I've also seen people do things and, you know, uh, more or less cure their cancer holistically without having to go through crazy chemo radiation treatments. So yeah, man. If yeah. You're, yeah, yeah, right. if, exactly. If we didn't focus on putting, you know, and again, this is the crazy part about it, because we could talk about vaccines, which stem up into a bunch of other things. When we talk about science, you know, we still eat, you know, uh, the, the people who eat meat, you know, we still eat cows, we still eat chicken, we still eat these things that 
really were created or at least were around for a different purpose, you know, and people started eating because there was a lack there of nutrients in the plants they were getting at a certain point in time, right? So you can take it all the way to that if you wanted to. Um, but they still use in this modern medicine parts from animals and things like that that can go against people's religion. And people, again, mm, don't know what's in this yeah. vaccine. Yeah. So you're putting into yourself blindly in, in having that blind faith and what science is telling you to do without doing a little bit of research or you know figuring out to where it's stemming from or where it's coming from. I'm sorry, kids in the background. Um, it's a big deal for me. Um, and again, it's not to say that I, I don't vilify people who've gotten it. Hell, I mean, uh, I, I wouldn't say I would be severely outnumbered because there's people who haven't. But posting on Instagram or Facebook that I got my COVID vaccination and isn't real to you post it type stuff to me is, again, sensationalizing the very fact that oh yeah, you are targeting a group of people who do not choose that way. It's the same thing with gun rights choose to have a gun yeah. great if you choose not to have a gun great like just don't shoot me okay you know i'm not <laughs> i'm not barking up anybody's tree and i'm not asking them to put a target on my back like but that's what it always comes down to in, in society uh that's what our country has been founded on right is uh, i don't want to say just inciting violence but um control uh, and, and i really haven't seen anything that dictated peace uh, as a whole community. And that's why all of the issues we've talked about today, negative or positive, really kind of stem back to that mindset of is how are you getting yourself to um, think a little bit more outside the box, not let all the technology control you. Because technology is created by man or woman, whatever you believe in. <laughs> um, and that says a lot. There could still be mistakes in it. So to put all of our eggs in one basket with technology or medicine or science, for example, without questioning it is not using your full capacity up here. And that's one of the main reasons I wanted to come on with you guys and chop it up and kind of think a little bit differently um, and not just be so quick to judge somebody because they're not vaccinated or they are. But I think being vaccinated for many things does pose a great thing. So it's not me playing both sides of the fence. You know, and people would always tell me like, you know, don't shit or get off the pot you got to make a decision like, no i don't i don't need to make a decision for you to judge me mm, right? there you go so that that's where this all kind of stems back to is like people think that they're right all the time because the majority of people do it and that's why when people say you know you're being a sheep you're following you're doing this and that like they get offended by it right and that's how all the communication just starts going around and then people get confused because then they find out that Again, CDC is not reporting certain things. Certain hospitals might not be reporting certain things because we're human. People make mistakes. Systems fail. They get hacked, right? If we can just hack our minds into thinking what we want to think instead of what everyone else needs to think, the world would be probably a lot better place. And you wouldn't have to have conversations about are you vaccinated or are you not? And can you travel or can you not? Um, Will there even be a coronavirus <laughs> out there? Um, <laughs> you know, but... Again, that's just my mindset on it all. You know, um, I think that everyone's free to think and use their own free will. Um, but yeah, that's my two cents. <laughs> Again, I mean, uh, summed up perfectly. I think if you're uh, if if you're of able age and and um, you know, I think I think Brian's message is to, to challenge you to, you know. Uh, take information in and, and make your own decisions. Think for yourself a little bit and, uh, you know, maybe challenge your beliefs here and there. If, uh, if you don't do that already, it's a pretty solid practice. So, Absolutely. uh, looks like he has, uh, some children to attend to and we are up against it. Um, if you listen to this show today and you just thought it was all like doom and gloom and tragic stuff happening and you have ideas of stories that we should tell or things uh topics that we should discuss uh you can hit us up on any number of our social media outfits we are on twitter at friendship nh we are on instagram at friendship news hour and you can always send us an email at bummerdude.media at gmail.com we'd like to thank brian duncan for joining us today uh always a pleasure i, I was gonna say too one last thing too um yeah. aside from uh from thanking you guys um yeah the, the the message that frank was just talking about uh spreading a little positivity and spreading a little bit of love goes a long way 
you know, and we, we, we tend to focus on the negative a lot um, just because it's out there to focus on <laughs> most of the time. You know, you turn on any news channel or media outlet, you know, there's a lot of that, you know, and then people are making decisions on that. So just try to say hello to somebody every now and again. You know, it goes a long way. You don't have to mean mug your brother or your sister because, you know, they cut you off or they took the last pineapple at the grocery store, for example. You know, just <laughs> just 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 let it roll off the back. There will be other pineapples. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> there will be other pineapples and other stores you could go to, right? Yes. Um, yes. You can get your coffee, too, from, you know, your guys' coffee outfit. I think that's a great, great cause, by the way. Um, yeah, Gun Barrel Coffee. Yeah, Gun Barrel Coffee. I'm going to go in and check them out. You know, I think it's always cool to support um, local uh, for you, Al. And, uh, you know, I'll definitely be checking them out. I drink a lot of coffee. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and we'd definitely love to have you back, man. You're coming yeah. with a lot of knowledge, a lot of. Uh, it's not so much like I'm right, you're all wrong. It's it's an open-minded approach and it's informative. So we love having you on, dude. Are really really grateful that you took the time. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe maybe a little uh, Benadryl for the kids next time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Brian. No, I don't believe in that. No. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for uh, coming on. All right, guys. Take care. Go, Padres.